I'm Jake Miller from the Educational Duct Tape Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect those of others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey guys, this is Greg Goins. I want to take just a few minutes of your time to thank you for listening to the Reimagined Schools podcast. Your support for this podcast means the world to me as I have the opportunity to talk to some of the top educators, innovators, and change agents in the field of education. And the mission remains clear, folks. We want to create better schools for kids. But now I want to come to you directly as loyal listeners of the podcast and ask for your help as we hopefully take Reimagined Schools from a podcast that comes out each week to a movement that will be regular conversation around your school. So how are we going to do that? Well, it's going to come from you, and it's going to come from the ground up as you are in your schools and you are there ready to do the work to create better schools for kids. So this week I'm going to ask you to do a little favor for me. I want you to share this podcast with your school superintendent, your principals, and teachers throughout your school district. Help us spread the message by sharing links on social media or by telling colleagues about your favorite guests and ideas. For those not on social media, maybe you can send an email with the podcast links from the Reimagined Schools podcast or from one of our 11 listening platforms that you can find where podcasts are available. Why not even make a QR code to put up in your teacher's lounge with a link directly to podcast episodes for those that are not connected educators? Better yet, maybe it's time to form your own podcast study group. Just like a book study, a lot of districts now are forming podcast study groups, and they're using the Reimagined Schools podcast to spark those conversations. And who knows, I just might pop into a Zoom meeting with your podcast study group. All you have to do is DM me or send me your information at drgreggoins at gmail.com. So it's time to think differently, and it's time to make a difference. Please help me this week spread the word. Let's reimagine schools together. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reimagine Schools podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. My special guest today is Matt Miller, a teacher, blogger, and popular keynote speaker who has infused technology and innovative teaching methods in his classroom in West Central Indiana for more than 10 years now. Matt is the author of Ditch That Textbook, Free Your Teaching, and Revolutionize Your Classroom, and he also writes the Ditch That Textbook blog using technology and creative ideas for your classroom. You can check it out at ditchthattextbook.com. Matt is also a Google certified innovator and has been named one of the top 10 influencers in educational technology and e-learning worldwide. Matt's also the author of Ditch That Homework with Alice Keeler. His most recent book is Don't Ditch That Tech, written with the mother-son team of Nate and Angie Ridgeway. Be sure to follow Matt on Twitter at jmattmiller and check out the blog because it's a good one, folks, at ditchthattextbook.com. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Matt Miller. Hi, 
Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Reimagined Schools podcast. Very excited to bring in a great friend uh, to the podcast, a wonderful speaker and author. You know him from the Ditch That series, and we have a new book out from Matt Miller. The new book is Don't Ditch That Tech. So, Matt, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Greg. It's good to be on the show. What's it like to be known as the Ditch Guy? You know, first we did Ditch That Textbook, <laughs> then we did Ditch That Homework, and now we're Don't Ditch the Tech. So, uh, I mean, it's it's a great brand, and all three books are fantastic, so kudos to you. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, the the whole ditch thing, it's funny because, um, you know, the, the whole thing started, it kind of came out of my own high school Spanish classroom when I realized that my textbooks – weren't helping my students to become fluent speakers of Spanish. And um, so I, I sort of slowly but surely quit using my textbooks just kind of little by little. And, um, you know, after doing that for a little while, I wanted to, to start a blog and share some of the things I was doing in class. And I needed a name for my blog, of course, you know. So I remember I, w- I was out on a run. Here I am running on the, you know, county roads back in, uh, in rural Indiana. And I'm going, what in the world am I going to call this blog? what what should I name it? And um, for some reason, ditch that textbook just kind of stuck out. And it's funny because when I created the blog, I didn't realize that ditch that textbook was going to be like somewhat controversial. You know, like I would bring that up and, and people might kind of like shudder at the idea or, you know, pull back or whatever. Um, so being the ditch guy, I just thought, you know, this is what I did in my class. I might as well just make it. And um, it, it kind of ended up becoming this thing that I didn't expect it to be. And you have a, a fantastic website and blog at ditchthattextbook.com. And here's the thing, Matt, about a lot of blogs. A lot of people really get going. They pick up a lot of steam. They'll have a post here and they have a post there. You rarely miss. a day. To, not too many days go by that you don't put out some really good content. So uh, I know that's tough to do. And, uh, but I mean, thanks again for what you're doing to help lead the charge for technology integration for all of us. Oh yeah. It's my pleasure. This is, you know, this has really been a labor of love for me for, for many, many years. I started it back in 2012 and I was a journalism major, not an education major in college. So, you know, I kind of love to write and, um, this is, this has kind of been, it's, it's been sort of therapeutic and useful for me to write about stuff. Um, but it's also been fun to, to share. And now I'm very fortunate that I've got uh, a bit of a team. It's not just me anymore. Um, I've got um, someone who's helping me with my blog named Carly Mora, who is a great uh, teacher. She's a TOSA out in um, California, and she helps me pull together some posts too. And so now, you know, it's not just me. And we, we do try to get three or four posts out there every, every single week. Well, it's fantastic. I check it every morning, and, and here recently, you had a great post up called uh, Ditch That Essay, and I was fascinated by that because you were offering alternatives to doing the traditional essay in the classroom, and one of those alternatives was a podcast, and you, right. and, I pro- you and I both probably both agree that every school should have their own podcast, and you're starting to see that pop up more and more, but you know, you have a popular podcast with Casey Bell, uh, the Google Teacher Tribe podcast, we could talk about that a little bit, but just podcasting in general with so many free digital tools, why not go down that road? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You know, everything that I'm seeing is that audio is on the rise. You know, since um, since podcasting became a thing back when, you know, the iPod was the big exciting tech tool and we started doing 
you know, syndication of audio through the iPod. Um, the, the statistics show that podcasting has been on a steady, slow rise the whole time. You know, ever since it started until now, it just continues to grow. And now we've got, um, you know, like the Google Home and we've got the uh, Amazon Echo and, you know, all of this stuff that's tied back to voice. And voice really is one of those things where you can, you can work on something else and still get things done, either by talking to your devices or by listening to podcasts. And that's something that video can't do. You know, they talk about how the, um, by the year, well, they say the year 2020, that's next year. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, they say in the, in recent or in, um, you know, coming up, they say that so much of the internet traffic is going to be video. And with video, you have to stop and you have to sit down, you have to give it your undivided attention, um, you know, to, to get everything out of it. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer in um, audio and you're so right that, you know, there, there are really are lots of those really good uh, free digital tools out there to make it happen, aren't there? Yeah, there really are. And if you're a listener to my podcast or Matt's podcast, you know, from time to time, we'll give you tips and tricks on how to do that. Check out Matt's blog. I'm sure you probably have something there, how to start your classroom podcast. So mm-hmm, you want to mm-hmm. jump to ditchthattextbook.com. Yeah, you're right. Um, I, I did write a post um, where uh, it talks about how you can create a class podcast. And here, here's kind of my thought on that, because I know, um, you know, students can create their own individual podcasts, but it's hard to keep the content coming from each individual student. So my, my suggestion is this, and this makes it super easy on teachers. You know, if you want to talk about a class podcast, what if you did this? You use a free tool like Anchor, you know, anchor.fm. That's one of my favorite ones to get people going on podcasts because it, um, you know, it publishes out to all of the major podcast platforms. But imagine a teacher doing this. Let's say on Friday, you pick up your cell phone or an iPad or your Chromebook or whatever, because it runs on all of them. And you go around to a handful of kids and you just ask them this one simple question. What did you learn this week? It could be something that you learned in class that's explicit parts of the curriculum. It could be something that they learned outside of class. It could be, I mean, just anything. What are are kids excited about learning? Because, you know, that excitement about learning is contagious. And so you just grab a little one minute clip or a little 30 second clip from a handful of kids. You stick it into an episode and you publish, and you do that every single week. You can even have a student help you do the publishing process, and then what happens there? They get an audience for the stuff that they're learning. Um, you know, Think about who would actually listen to this podcast. You got parents, you got family members, you got community members that want to know what's going on in the school, and now all of a sudden we have this channel of positive news, of things that are going on in the classroom that's positive, um, you know, that's coming out on a regular basis and people get to know the cool stuff that's happening in your classroom. And it only takes, you know, just a handful of minutes once a week to, to create that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of, of doing podcasting in the classroom. And you know, Matt, I've been using Anchor for quite some time now with my podcast and mm-hmm. it's, it's so easy on the distribution side. You know, you and I have been doing this for a while and I can remember, and I, know, I know you can, it was almost next to impossible to get your podcast on iTunes at one time. And yes. now Anchor just does it for you. I think I'm on 11 or 12 different listing platforms. I didn't even know there were that many. Right. And just the other day, I did a Google search. I was looking for a, an old interview that I had done 
and I found my podcast on the iHeartRadio uh, page. And so now mm-hmm. I can go to the iHeartRadio app and hit the podcast button, and I can find my podcast, which, mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty cool for me. I'm a 52-year-old former superintendent, college professor. Imagine how excited kids are going to be when they yes. push that button and get to hear themselves talk on, on the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's It's so easy – to be, I mean, really to be anywhere. And then whenever kids, see, that's the thing I love about it too, is whenever kids realize that somebody is listening, you know, if it's someone in their community or someone in their family or something, and they've listened to it and they come back to that kid and they say, Hey, I heard you on the podcast. That was so cool. And all of a sudden that kid's like, Whoa, we're making something that other people actually listen to. And that's that authentic audience, you know, that gives that huge extra layer of motivation for kids to do stuff. Now it's not just we're creating it for the teacher and nobody else. You know, you, you, you create something, you turn into the teacher. That's an audience of one. That is one person and that's it. You know, whenever they start to create it for this authentic audience, that's, that's huge. Yeah. And I, I couldn't agree more. So you, you definitely want to jump out there and, and uh, look at some of those resources Matt has at ditch that textbook. Dot com And, you know, Matt, before we get into the new book, um, I, I think you'll agree with this also. I, you know, technology has changed the world we live in. We, we know that. It's changed mm-hmm. the uh, teaching and learning in our schools. But I feel like we're constantly fighting for technology integration in our schools. And I don't, I can't figure out why in, you know, almost 2020, we're still having these conversations. I just saw an article this morning in my Twitter feed that France has banned smartphones and tablets at the elementary school Uh, and middle school level. mm -hmm. So that kind of stuff just drives me crazy. Why are we still having these conversations and trying to defend technology in the classroom? Yeah. You know, I think so much of this comes down to how do we want to use technology in the classroom? I think if we don't have the how and we don't have the why, that's when people get lost. And that's when we start to get these kinds of things. You know, um, I know from my own personal experience in the classroom and from other teachers I've talked to that cell phones can be a distraction. Okay, so I'm going to put that out there and I'm going to say cell phones can be a distraction. Um, But I don't think that means that we necessarily need to ban them. We just need to figure out when we want to use them and how we want to use them. So, you know, maybe that means, hey, We've got these Chrome, let's say we've got Chromebooks in the classroom for every student. Maybe then we encourage kids to silence their phones so that they don't buzz and they don't make, make sound or whatever. And we focus on what we're doing on the Chromebooks because that's what we're doing. You know, so I can, I can totally see that. It's just, I think we have to have a really clear goal in mind. And part of the problem when we come up with these bands too, I think, is that, um, You know, I think schools and parents and leaders have a hard time envisioning what's possible. And sometimes I think they see those devices as um, standardized test-taking machines. And I think they see them as digital typewriters. And they see that they they sort of lack vision on what kids can create and who kids can reach and, um, you know, what, what they can do with the devices. And so when we start to have that sort of one dimensional, education as we've done it before approach, then that's when we start to see this stuff. We, you know, we see the, the bans on laptops in lecture halls and colleges too, you know, that, um, you know, professors will say, Hey, I'm standing up here talking. I want you to pay attention to me, which makes me wonder is the problem, the laptop or is the problem, 
the way the instruction is being delivered. And it makes me think if there's a better way we can do it, let's explore that instead of cutting off the, the technology so that we can continue to do things the way that we've done it before. So I think I, I'm totally with you. I think it's a really multifaceted answer, but I think that we've really got to think about how can we teach and how can we learn differently and better with these devices instead of trying to just cut them off so we can do the same stuff. And, and you know, as well as I do that the big argument right now is about screen addiction and uh, I actually had Delaney Rustin, who's actually a, a medical doctor, on the old Going Digital podcast that I used to do. And she is the executive producer of the movie Screenagers. Mm-hmm. And, and she talked a lot about the, the harmful effects of too much screen time. And, and I don't dispute that. I certainly respect the opinion of people like that. Mm-hmm. But I also know that as adults, whether we're parents or teachers or both – we get to decide what we're going to allow either, either at home or in the classroom, whether it's a, a, uh, a technology-free time at the dinner table or whatever the case may be. There have to be some rules and parameters, and we just can't throw it all out and say right. technology's bad. But we need to have some rules. That's what we do as adults. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. You know, um, I read a great book recently. Okay, I listened to it on audiobook, but I'm a big audiobook fan. Um, but it's called uh, Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. And he talks about, he talks a lot about how we can cut a lot of the extraneous digital stuff out of our lives. And one of the points that he made that I thought was so interesting was that when we got into social media at the beginning and when we started using these digital devices with screens, um, you know, our smartphones, our tablets and all of that, I think so many of us didn't have a plan for why we started using it. We just started using it. And he said, that's the thing that we really need to reclaim is we need to have a mission statement of sorts, you know, kind of like a set of goals for what we want to get out of it. And if we're not careful, it's going to get more out of us than we're going to get out of it. So we have to be real intentional about why are we using these things and we would, what do we want to get out of them? And he even talks about this thing called the digital declutter that he suggests where he says, hey, take your phone and delete all of the apps off of it that you don't have to have for like basic human survival, <laughs> you know, for like, um, you know, maintaining your job and all of that. Delete all of the apps off for 30 days. And let's look at what you actually miss after 30 days. Um, what has, you know, been missing out of your life out of those 30 days. And then let's consider, is this actually helping your life? I think it's that intention and that, um, you know, that, that goal, that mission of what we're going to use our technology for. I think that's sort of what's missing when it comes to those screens. Yeah. And very well said. So let's jump into the book. Uh, the name of the new book is Don't Titch, Ditch That Text. And uh, co-authors are Nate and Angie Ridgway, who are a mother and son team from your home state there in Indiana. Just talk a little bit about how this idea originated and um, you know, what can we expect if we pick up uh, this particular book? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Don't Ditch That Tech is really about how do, you, how do we do differentiation well with technology? Um, you know, Nate is a, uh, social studies teacher. Angie is an education professor. And then I taught high school Spanish and, um, you know, all of us have looked around at books and we've realized 
there's lots of good books about differentiation. There's lots of good books about technology. There's not a whole lot about how we can do one with the other. And so that's what we intended to do was we looked deep into uh, Dr. Carol Ann Tomlinson's book about the, or work about the differentiated classroom, about, you know, the best practices within differentiation. And we just looked for practical ways that teachers can do differentiation well with technology. And so we talk about, you know, we talk about metacognition, we talk about um, teaching with transparency. We, you know, we get into different ways to vary content to meet students where they are. Um, One of the things that I really love about the book is that it, and I have to totally give credit to my co-authors for this one because this was their idea. Um, It is a book about differentiation that is differentiated for the reader. So as you read through the book, there are different parts of the book for different people. And um, my co-author, Nate Ridgway, the social studies teacher, he's the one that came up with these um, roles or archetypes that teachers have when it comes to technology use. And um, I, I thought this was, this was so fascinating. Um, you know, he starts out with the pilot, the pilot is the, the person who uses technology. You know, if you think about what a pilot does, a pilot sits in the front of the plane and drives the plane, and the passengers don't have a lot of say in it. The pilot is the teacher who uses technology from the front of the room and guides things all on their own. And then it goes to the museum exhibitor. This is the one where um, it's more about interactivity, where the teacher puts things out there for students to use. But again, a lot of the decisions are made by the teacher. You go to the restaurant owner. This is the teacher where, you know, if you think about a restaurant owner, they create a menu and there's a lot of choices that the, um, the, the customer, the person buying at the restaurant, they have a lot of choices that they can make. But the restaurant owner is still the one who creates the menu. Then it goes to the council member. You know, the council member, if you think about a, you know, someone who's on a, a, a council of sorts, they get elected by the voters and they have to be, you know, they, they have to be responsible to the voters, but they still represent the voters. Um, so again, that's giving more and releasing more and more responsibility to the students. And then the, the pinnacle of all of this is the creative art coach. And if you think about a creative art coach, this is someone who, you know, if you have someone who's creating art, um, you know, be it an artist or a writer or a sculptor or whatever, if they have a coach, the artist is still the one doing all the creating, but the creative art coach is the one who's kind of encouraging them. And so, um, you know, we, we, we push it towards those five archetypes. It's like, where are you? Where would you like to be? And we, we tried to make the book so that it would reach teachers in those different archetypes where they are. And it would also push them to be able to move up to the one that they want to be in. Yeah. And I think that's well done whenever you have very specific roles. I think the, the, you and I both always hear, we have all these digital tools at our disposal. We just don't know what to do with them. But this is kind of a blueprint as to what options you may have and you know what route you can take to integrate mm-hmm. technology in the classroom which i think is brilliant mm-hmm. yeah no you're you're exactly right and um i think another thing that we hear a lot of is there's this um sort of misconception with differentiated instruction and so often when we talk about differentiation we hear you know this sounds like i have to create 
you know, a dozen different versions of this lesson for all of my students. And the reality is that with a lot of the tech tools that we have, that's just not the case. Um, you know, there are ways to help students uh, self-reflect where, you know, that helps the student and it doesn't add work to us. Um, there are ways to offer students choices and there are ways to vary things with the tech tools that we have available to us. Um, the truth is that we can meet students more where they are, but without adding a whole bunch of extra work. And um, that's the thing that my co-authors, Nate and Angie Ridgway and I, um, we just kept noticing that, you know, people are using a lot of these tools in such one dimensional ways where um, if we want to do good, solid, differentiated instruction, a lot of that is baked into some of the tools that we use every day. You know, one of the things I wanted to do for this episode, since I knew you were coming on, is, is I sent out a tweet the other day and I said, I'm going to have uh, Matt Miller on. If you have any questions related to tech integration, send them my way. And kind of sticking with the Hoosier theme here, I have a kindergarten teacher uh, from your home state there, lives in Indianapolis, named Katie Norton. And you can follow Katie at uh, Mrs. Norton Kinder. She's a kindergarten teacher. And I got a couple questions I want to throw at you. Uh, mm -hmm. The first one is related to teachers specifically. Is there a better or more streamlined, streamlined way to share examples of tech inter integration that happen every day? So teachers we know are doing great things every day, but we're, we often don't have a forum other than maybe Twitter or Facebook to share the things we're happening with other folks. What advice would you give Katie and other teachers about sharing the great things they're doing with technology? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was in this exact same boat when I was teaching high school Spanish, um, is that I would try some things in my classroom that I would be excited about, or sometimes I would try things and they wouldn't go over well, but I felt like I wanted to be transparent and write about those two. Um, and I, I see exactly where she's coming from, that if you want to do something on Twitter and if you want to do something on Facebook or if you want to talk about it at a, um, you know, a staff meeting or with colleagues, if you want to present about it at a conference or whatever, it's like you don't want to keep re-repeating that stuff, doing that stuff over and over and over again. So I found that having a single home base where you can share things is really, really good. And of course, for me, that that's where my blog was created. You know, right now, um, ditchthattextbook.com is a self-hosted WordPress blog. Uh, it started as a free WordPress.com blog. Um, you know, some people like to use Blogger. Some people like to use, um, you know, just a, a variety of those, of those tools. Um, website creators like Weebly and Google Sites and Wix are a good place too. Now, the reason that I mentioned this is that if you create the idea that you want to share on a page in a blog or on a page on a website, then all you've got to do is grab the link to that and you can share that out on social media. You can share it during a staff meeting. You can share it during a conference. Um, you know, a lot of times I create a special web page for the conferences and the professional development events that I go to. And it's really just a bunch of links back to my blogs. So whenever you put it in that one place, now that's not to say that you have to do, you know, like a three hours worth of writing and a blog post and, you know, create a whole bunch of images for it. You can certainly do that, but you can get a little idea out on one of those places. Maybe stick a little image with it, do it in a short amount of time, and now it has a link. And if you've got a link to that one idea, you can share that very easily on social media. You can share it in, um, 
you know, face-to-face stuff too. And of course, the cool thing about doing that with uh, Twitter is that when you have those blog posts and if you've got a little image with it, and if you're able to set that as your featured image, then Twitter does a really nice job of creating those link cards, you know, that will have the little suggested image and it'll have a little digest of what's on there. And it makes it really easy for people to see. So I hope that wasn't too long winded of an answer, but I, I think that's the best for me. So Matt, I want to thank you again for your time. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you folks. You can follow Matt Miller on Twitter at J Matt Miller. The website is ditchthattextbook.com go there and check out the blog the ditch blog is fantastic with a lot of great ideas and solutions for you in your classroom so matt as we kind of wrap things up uh you know school's back in session we have teachers in the classroom always searching for new ideas especially for technology integration Uh, what advice can you give to those folks and uh, maybe some words of encouragement as they get ready to start the new year you know I'm, I'm just going to say, get out of your classroom. Um, it's so easy for us to get stuck in the silo of our classroom all by ourselves. And so, you know, I'd, I'd say get out there in the hallway, get to a conference, um, digitally get out of your classroom and uh, go check out what other teachers are doing on Twitter and Pinterest and other social media on Instagram. Um, I can very easily say that the, the people I found and the ideas I found on Twitter literally saved my teaching career um, and transformed it. And so I think if you can get out of your classroom um, to go talk to those other teachers, um, get to conferences, get on social media, that's one of the single most transformative things we can do. And of course, with a lot of it, it's free. So get out of your classroom. And you still have a a busy speaking schedule. I looked at your calendar this morning. So you're going to be out and people can still book you and have you come to their school. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be doing anything this year uh, electronically with uh, some of the trainings on your website? And I, I think maybe you even had a conference last year. Yes. Uh, so this will be, I think, the fourth year that I do the Ditch That Textbook Digital Summit. Um, it is, it's in December. It's a free online conference for teachers where we have all of these great uh, video presentations by presenters that, you know, if you're, if you're out on social media or you follow some teacher blogs, you're going to know some of these names. And, um, you know, people can watch the videos and then actually get certificates of completion for professional development credit. And it's all totally, totally, totally free. And um, people can sign up for the email reminders so they don't miss it by going to ditchsummit.com, D-I-T-C-H summit.com. And the first episode of Google Teacher Tribe comes out next week? Yes. Yeah. We, uh, Casey Bell, my co-host and I, we just recorded our first, um, our first episode of season four and it'll be, yeah, it'll be out, uh, next Monday, which will be, you know, the middle of September. All right. Well, I can't thank you enough again for being here. You always bring great ideas and, um, you know, you're leading the charge for technology integration and folks, as we wrap it up, we always end the same way, do what you can in your school and community to create better schools for kids.